There's many misunderstandings about liberty and freedom and in understanding that liberty is the privilege to do what is right. Many people have the idea that freedom is the the opportunity to do whatever I want. That isn't that isn't the idea of genuine liberty. That isn't the idea of genuine freedom. And the songwriter said, Our Father's God to thee, author of liberty. Second Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 17 says, Now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There has been and continues to be always a battle for liberty. But there are a number of things we must understand about that, that as much as this may seem like a patriotic service, it is important for, under, for us to understand that the bottom line in all of this, when you talk about liberty, is that this is a spiritual warfare. This last week, I, I just started thinking about um, some of the things of, of what we love and value when it comes to um, our nation and the liberty that is involved. And, and before I knew it, I, I started dividing these up into, into two sides, really realizing the importance that this battle for liberty, this battle for um, genuine freedom is a spiritual battle. And I, I want to bring this out to you in, in just a small measure. On one side will be the things that, that God is emblematic of, that God is. And then on the other side, it's Satan. We know that God is truth. And in order for there to be liberty, there must be truth. We know that Satan is the father of lies. We know that any falsehood has its direct connection to Satan. Any lie. That's, lying is wrong because it is against the nature of God. And it is important for us to understand that. In, in God's economy, in God's perspective, the standard for mankind is the Word of God. That's the standard. We don't determine right and wrong. That is determined for us through the Word of God. In Satan economy, the individual determines right and wrong. Clear back, the book of Judges, every man did that which was right in his own eyes. That same verse can be described about today. That, that we establish our own standard. That's, that's directly, that isn't postmodernism, that isn't some new thinking, that is the ancient lie of Satan. That we can establish whatever we want. 
So, in God's line, the standard is His Word. God has given the law. Not just the law, but God established human government. God established the rule of law. And in Satan's realm, there is not the rule of law, and it eventually ends up in anarchy. Tyranny, I don't have time to go into it today, but it, you either are ruled by laws, or you are ruled by tyrants, or you have no rule at all, which is anarchy. Our founding fathers had the wisdom to know that there must be law, and we are ruled by law. We are republic, ruled by law. That's why, again, the three branches of government, if you understand them as they were originally designed... They were designed to keep us under the rule of law. Uh, I don't have time to go there. I'd love to go there. But the Supreme Court has been way out of line. Our branches of government are not following rule of law. Just about any, all three of the branches of government. And incidentally, you know where they got the idea of the three branches of government, don't you? From the Word of God. That God is our judge, He is our lawgiver, and He is our king. So, God designed law. Satan, it's tyranny or anarchy. God designed nations. Where do you think the nations came from? Where do you think the languages came from? God designed the nations, go back to the Tower of Babel. And since that time, Satan has always been working to destroy the nations. Satan is about globalism. His man, Antichrist, will be leading a global rebellion against God. God is all about liberty. We are born into this world and we're born in the bondage of sin. And God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to pay the penalty for our sin so that we could be liberated from the bondage of sin, that we could fulfill the law, and that we would know true liberty through forgiveness of sin in Jesus Christ. Satan is all about bondage. Every Everything that he does, he deceives. Oh, this will give you freedom, and it brings people into bondage. The addictions that we have in our society today, the bondage that we have. God is love. We would not know love. Greater love has no man than this, that a a man lay down his life for his friend. But God commended his love toward us while we were yet sinners. He died for us. It wasn't laying down his life for a friend. It was laying down his life for his enemy. 
God is love. Satan is all about hate. Have you ever, have you ever in your lifetime seen any more hatred in our society than we are seeing today? You can trace it right back to Satan. That's where it comes from. This isn't a Democrat, Republican, conservative, liberal, north, south, black, white. It isn't any. It goes right back. Satan is hateful. He, he hates God. He hates every human being because every human being is made in the image of God. Every human being has the great potential to be a weapon against Satan. He hates every human being. He, he breathes and permeates hatred. God is love. God is life. God is, God is the author of life. He created life. Anything that he does brings life, and everything that Satan does brings death. Everything that Satan does will eventually end in death. When we understand God's perspective, we realize man needs a Savior. From Satan's perspective, you can call it, name it, whatever you want to call it, humanism, whatever you want to call it. But his perspective is man is the Savior. That man will be able, if we, if we just get everybody to work together, we can create our own utopia. If we can do all these things... God says, no, man desperately needs a Savior. No man can save himself. There is one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. He alone is the Savior. And in understanding, God, we need deliverance from our own, my own sin. I can't do it. Satan says, no, you can do it. Do these works. Get baptized. Join a church. Do all these things. No, I cannot save myself. Man needs a Savior. God brings forgiveness. There is forgiveness in Jesus Christ for sin. Satan's path brings guilt And bitterness, and there is no forgiveness. There is no clearing of your conscience. God brings heaven, and Satan ultimately ends in hell. Now, you take take both sides of these. And you understand, you, you apply it to what is going on in... In our world today, you apply it to what is going on in our nation today, and and you can trace everything back to one of these two sources, and even in our own life. This this is not a, a battle about different ideologies of 
political ideologies or economic ideologies. There is a battle that rages that is a spiritual warfare, and we must use spiritual weapons. You cannot fight spiritual battles with physical weapons. We wrestle not, Ephesians 6 says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So we must use spiritual weapons. That means, first of all, knowing the Word of God, living the Word of God, sharing the Word of God, because the Word of God is powerful. You know, we we hear about make America great again. I'm all for making America great again, but you can't make America great again Unless you return to the Word of God. What made America great in the first place was its respect and reverence for the Word of God. One of the earliest education laws in our country was passed in 1647. It's called the Old Satan Deluder Act. Do you get that? Satan They understood the spiritual warfare. They understood that Satan seeks to delude and lead astray and and to combat the religious ignorance and persecution by their tormentors in Europe. The founders of America wished to counter the biblical illiteracy of the populace, so they established that the Word of God must be taught in classes. In 1690, the Connecticut Literacy Law was passed to enable the citizens to read the holy word of God and the good laws of this state. Notice what their basis for education was. We want to teach them to read so they can read the word of God and the good laws of this state. It helps if you know the laws, doesn't it? But first of all, they said, we want them to know the Word of God. Noah Webster, the schoolmaster of the Republic, said that education is useless without the Bible. The Bible was America's basic textbook in all fields. The Northwest Ordinance that our land has been privileged to be a part of required states to make provision for religion, and morality as well as knowledge in order to become a state. In order to become a state, they had to prove how they were going to teach morality, how they were going to teach the Word of God in order to become a state. Harvard, which is a bastion today for anti-God, vile, wretched worldview, was started to teach the Word of God. They read scriptures at Harvard twice every day. You go back to the founding, you go back to the founding educational um, institutions in our land, and they were founded to teach the Word of God, to train preachers. Harvard and Yale, and you go on, go study the history of it. 
This is the foundation of what made America and what led to the liberty that we have. But we must get back to the Word of God. It must get back. And, and I'm not talking get back in Washington or Des Moines. I'm talking it needs to get back in our own lives. That it becomes the priority that we know the Word of God. That's why it's so important, these Wednesday night studies going through the book of James and, and First Peter. That's why we, we encourage you to the Word of God, because that's, that's the standard. That's the only power that we have. That's the only tool that we have, and it's all that we need, the Word of God. And when you're in the Word of God, you find that Satan is no match for his Word. And you find that you're commanded to pray because one of the most important weapons that we have is prayer. I'm always moved by the story of the National Anthem. And he said as he went back down, he heard the men praying, God, keep that flag flying. They weren't signing petitions. They were praying. Let me ask you, how much have you prayed for our nation this last year? See, we're not here to complain about the liberals and this and that and everything else. Revival starts with us. And it's understanding this is a spiritual warfare and it's spiritual weapons. It's not political weapons. It's spiritual weapons. And get back where we know the Word, where we live the Word, where we share the Word, and where we pray. First Timothy chapter 2 says, Pray for them that rule over you, that you may lead a quiet and peaceable life. We are to pray for the kings and all the authorities that rule over us. We as Christians need to repent of our lack of prayer for our leaders. You, you cannot imagine, you cannot imagine the pressure that comes on, on legislatures, let alone uh, presidents and vice presidents, just the human pressure that comes on them, let alone the spiritual and emotional and physical pressure. We need to uphold them in prayer and understand that the goal is not about America, but it's about God's glory. See, it's not, it's not that, that we're here to save America. We're here to honor God. And you follow biblical principles. And that is, as you go back and look, that is what made America great. A strong America has blessed this world physically and spiritually for generations. You go back and look because of America's strength physically, spiritually. How many times has Europe been rescued from tyrannical destruction because of the strength of this nation. And in understanding 
That strength comes only as we depend upon God. Supporting God's ways blesses America or any nation that will do that. Proverbs 14.34 says, Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. The greatest thing we can do for an individual, as an individual, and for a nation is to introduce people to Jesus Christ. You you can convince someone, you may be able to convince someone to be pro-life, but if they become pro-life and die and go to hell, that's not very pro-life, is it? But if you convince someone and see the power of God work in their life to bring them to salvation, God will take care of all the other things. I'm not minimizing. We ought to, and we have stood for pro-life. But pro-life is just one of the things that God is for. There must be a change of heart. And the greatest thing we can do for any individual or any nation is to introduce people to Jesus Christ. Seeing people saved will bring true liberty and transformation. And only God can bring true liberty and transformation. Nothing else can change the heart. And that's why we must know the word. We must know the truth. We must live the truth. That's why we live in urgent days. We must defend the truth. Be willing to stand and defend the truth. We must promote the truth. All of these God's ways and in understanding as we do that it's not about necessarily saving America. If God gives us a reprieve, to Him be the glory. But the bottom line is to do what is right for God's honor and glory. President Eisenhower, in 1954, the American Legion put together a, this is, this was before, this was even before I was born. That's how old it was, okay? Yeah. The American Legion had a back to God program. Think of that. They realized we were away from God. And President Eisenhower said, as a former soldier, I am delighted that our veterans are sponsoring a movement to increase our awareness of God in our daily lives. In battle, they learned a great truth that there are no atheists in the foxholes. They know that in a time of test and trial, we instinctively turn to God for new courage. And President Eisenhower said, whatever our individual church, whatever our individual church, whatever our individual personal creed, our common faith in God is a common bond among us. The next year he said, without God, there could be no form of American government, nor American way of life. Recognition of the supreme being is the first the most basic expression of true Americanism. Do you understand? That's, that's our history. 
That's our heritage. And that's what we need to get back to in our own personal lives. I mean, what do we go to first in the morning? The Word of God or Facebook or Instagram or Good Morning America? What do we go to first? Check our Twitter account before we go check with God? What do, what do we go to? We can't, we can't complain about the world turned away from God when we as Christians many times, it, it's just kind of a, an extra thing. What is it we go to? How important is the Word of God? You know, the burden of my heart today is that there would be a spiritual awakening among Christians in our land. If that took place, the other things would take place. But until that takes place, judgment must begin at the house of God, God tells us. And until that takes place, there is no liberty. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Let me ask you this. How much of the God side is on your, in your life? How much did you pray for our land? How much are you praying for our leaders, for our Supreme Court judges, We can complain a lot about them, or we can go, yay, they made some good decisions this week. But are we praying for them? When's the last time you prayed for the Iowa Supreme Court? Unless we pray, we're going to lose the spiritual warfare. And to whom much is given, much will be required. Where the Spirit of the Lord is... There is liberty. Someone has said it's popular to talk about tolerance and acceptance and love. But tolerance begins with life. Acceptance begins with life. And love begins with life. And God is the author of life. God said, choose you this day. Choose between life and death. Heavenly Father, I pray that we would choose you and your ways, that we would choose truly life. And God, I pray if there is one person here today who has never come to know the joy of their sins forgiven to have the guilt of sin removed through calling upon Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sin, I pray today that they would come to know true liberty. Lord, I pray for every believer here that we would understand and realize the urgency of the hour And that we're in a spiritual warfare. And Lord, may we take the word and prayer and may we see your power at work in our lives. Bring a renewal of submission to you, I pray. And Lord, I pray that you would bring a spiritual awakening right here in our midst. 
that we would be doers of the word and not hearers. And Lord, I pray that you would be glorified through our responses today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.